Hello and welcome to night number 29 of 31 Nights of Frights, year four, the Stephen King of Horror. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. Night 29 brings us to one of the most popular Stephen King adaptations. It also had two remakes and one sequel. This also has the unique honor of being my first grudge match between the original and the remake. I will be talking about both films simultaneously as opposed to breaking them both up in an effort to compare the two films and how they differ. I will only be giving one plot synopsis here because, to be honest, both films are pretty similar, they're only different in the usual ways that remakes usually are. With that out of the way, I think it's time to announce the movies. Starring Sissy Spacek, Piper Laurie, and John Travolta, this is the 1976 Brian De Palma-directed Carrie versus the Grace Chloe Moretz and Julianne Moore starring in the 2013 Kimberly Pierce-directed Carrie. Carrie White is a shy girl and she's an outcast, a social outcast, a misfit. All of the students in her high school for some reason seem to really hate her just because she's simply different. She grew up somewhat sheltered by her religious and abusive mother and one fateful day when she becomes a woman in the girls' locker room. She is subjected to torture by her peers. Also, she finds that she has the power of telekinesis, a power that she later uses to more or less get revenge against all of those who have wronged her. So first things first on this, it's interesting because between these two films, they really are the same. You'll never mistake one for the other. I think one in particular is better than the other, but I tried to stay impartial for the most part on my viewing. I think the best place to start would probably be the casting and the acting of the lead role of Carrie. Whenever somebody mentions about Carrie or if I hear a reference to it, I always think of Sissy Spacek in the role. I think she's perfect. It was an Oscar-nominated performance from her and it's very well deserved. I think she should have won Best Actress for 1976. As far as the way she looks, she actually looks the part and in the film I never question if she's acting. It seems completely genuine. She wouldn't be anyone's example of being pretty. She has that natural plain look about her and it works based off the description of Carrie in the Stephen King novel, which I did read. Of course, that was well over 20 years ago when I read it. It's just hard for me in any of the other versions of the film to see anybody else in the role. When she's acting as a social misfit, she's trying to seek the approval of her mother. When she shows how happy she is at the prom, it's incredible how good she is. It's bad because I really, like anybody else that would watch this movie for the first time, you really root for her because of how crappy everybody is to her. And that's where we get to the Chloe Grace Moretz portrayal of Carrie. She's not exactly bad in the role, but she doesn't exactly fit either. Part of that may be because of me liking Sissy Spacek in the role better, but she does have a noticeably more pretty appearance throughout the film. She also gives me the feeling that she's acting. I love it when actors lose themselves into the roles that they play. I just didn't get that feeling here. 
And I think she is good in the role. I just think that it was a miscast for the most part. Her performance probably only pales in comparison to the original. The telekinesis powers are portrayed differently in both films as well. With the original 1976 version, Carrie just kind of does that stare and you really get that she has a high level of focus. In the 2013 version, it's almost as if Carrie is using the force. She actually uses her arms and her hands in addition to the stare and she controls things by actually moving in the direction she wants things to move. It didn't have as big of an impact to me as far as that. I know it was obviously a stylistic choice to do that to make it different to seem like she was actually using a invisible force to control things. It just didn't quite work. So if I had to say anything about it, I think the 1976 version is better in that aspect. Not just with the characterization of Carrie, but with the depiction of how the telekinesis power is utilized. We also have a different characterization of Margaret White, who is Carrie's mother. The 1976 version with the character of Margaret, it's played by Piper Laurie. Piper Laurie goes and plays it a little bit more subtle. She's over the top as far as all the religious stuff. And there's definitely more religious imagery in the 1976 version as opposed to the 2013. In the Carrie remake, we have Julianne Moore playing the role of Margaret. And she's good in the role. She's definitely good. She's probably better than Piper Laurie, to be honest. But I didn't like that she wasn't subtle. We didn't get a subtle ramp up of the depiction of mental illness and abuse that she puts Carrie through. It's almost 100% from the start, we know there's something off about her. If anything, the portrayal is a little bit more in your face, which is common with a lot of the modern remakes. They're a little bit more extreme, they're a little bit more bold with how they depict things, and that's no exception here. I get the feeling that the Piper Laurie version of Margaret could function in the outside world just fine, more or less keep her mental illness hidden, where we see Julianne Moore's portrayal that she really can't. In order for her to actually deal with people, especially if it's somebody that she doesn't like, she'll deal with it by cutting. Of course, we know that's a way that people will do to, to cope with things that are difficult for them in life. Another thing with remakes is that they're usually nastier than what the original was, and the main thing that starts and kicks everything off is the fact that Carrie has her first period in the school showers after gym class. She's ridiculed by students by them yelling plug it up at her and throwing tampons and just overall being mean to somebody because they didn't know that this was going to happen. In the original, it's a tough scene because you do feel honestly bad for her. But then again, in the new one, they ramp up the nastiness a bit by the character of Chris recording it and proceeding to upload it online so everyone can see it. Which is why this being a meaner version of the events there, it's surprising that they didn't go one step further and make it even worse for the character of Carrie and how she was bullied. No, I don't enjoy seeing anybody being bullied, but they really could have driven the point home further by showing what maybe some kids go through in their everyday lives. The only thing I don't like about the original 1976 version of this same scene is the fact that it seems like they're almost 
sexualizing Carrie at the very beginning just by the way the shots are and the way the music is. It doesn't quite fit. I think it's maybe to show that she's becoming a woman here. It just feels like a over-sexualization of the character. One thing that the remake does do better is the fact that the character of Sue seems far more sympathetic and caring towards Carrie than what she did in the 1976 version. I would have to say good job because in the 1976 one we get that she does care, but they really did improve on how that came across in the 2013 version. It was very well done, it was one of the few parts where it was similar but yet different at the same time. And that leads me to the direction. I touched on it a little bit earlier, but the direction from Brian De Palma is fantastic. I love the prom scene at the end of the movie. The entire scene is so well done. It's a astonishing feat to do something the way he did. He made some very bold choices, such as the split screen aspect where it's simply focused on Carrie and we see the carnage and everything going down in the other shot on the left. Because we have that one shot that's completely focused on Carrie and what she's doing and how she's doing it, where it's just that creepy stare that she's got, it gives us a chance to see again how good Sissy Spacek is in the role. We're able to see her hurt, her pain, her anger, all in just the way that she's staring. She's not saying a word. It's all the more reason why I'm convinced that she was robbed for not getting Best Actress. The 2013 one ramps up the blood and gore a little bit. I do like some of the things that are done here, especially with Chris and her boyfriend getting killed with Carrie getting her revenge. In the original 76 one, we have the car simply roll over and explode. In the new one, it is kind of cool because we get to see the boyfriend's face actually break from the invisible shield that Carrie has up around herself that she doesn't get hit by the car. We also see Chris get her face stuck in the windshield where Carrie is levitating the car and we know that she's going to drive it into the gas station that is conveniently right there where all of this is taking place. Both of these shots with both Chris and her boyfriend where, like I said, he breaks his face it's cool because it's almost a slow motion yet sped up look. In some ways it reminded me of the newer Mortal Kombat games when they have their little x-ray moves and it shows bones breaking and at the end of the day we're completely rooting for Carrie. They, everyone is definitely getting what they deserved. Of course it's a little extreme, I don't think they deserve death, but it is kind of good to see the character that was picked on so much be able to be such a strong character by the end of it. The last thing on the absolute comparison between the two, the ending of the 76 one is so much better because it still has that jump scare. It did get me when I was a kid and I saw it originally, I wasn't expecting it. Of course, it's tame by today's standards now. It's just extremely disappointing that we didn't get that little gotcha jump scare at the end of the new one. It simply ends in a similar way and it doesn't have that last minute punch. One of the strange things about the original Carrie film is that it did spawn a sequel called The Rage Carrie 2 and it's surprisingly not half bad. Or at least it wasn't when I saw it originally. I did not rewatch that one here. It's a somewhat obscure sequel. If you like the original film and want to see it with a 90s, I guess, sheen to it, 
a 90s feel, then I would recommend checking it out because it, from what I remember, again, wasn't bad. There was also a miniseries remake that was on NBC. I think it was roughly about, I don't know, three to four hours long. Again, I did not watch that version. I did see clips of it. It's different. I don't know if it's good or not. I didn't see enough of it to really have an opinion on it. I think it's safe to say, if you can't tell by now, that I like the original version much better than the remake. The remake is okay. It's a good movie. I do enjoy it. I liked it when I saw it before. I liked it again on my rewatch. It's just I think the other one, the 76 version, does everything that the 2013 version did, but does it much better. I wish that the remake would have had a little bit more that was different instead of adhering so much to the original Brian De Palma version. What it comes down to is with a lot of remakes, when they're so similar to the original, it makes me wonder what was the point. And that's what makes me think here is what was the point. Outside of updating some story beats, it's kind of the same movie, just not as well done. There's actually good reason of why the original 1976 version is so well regarded and it's known as a classic. The 2013 version didn't really go over all that well as far as box office and critical reception. And it might be because of the fact that Kimberly Pierce didn't take enough chances with the story. You can't exactly go wrong with whichever version you may choose. You may enjoy the slicker production of the 2013 version, but in my eyes, the 1976 version will always be superior. I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you need to catch up on past episodes, you can do so at adamanalyzes.com. If you don't do the whole social media thing, you can contact me at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. If you are enjoying my podcast, why not tell a friend about it? Why not tell two friends? Or if you do have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to reach new listeners as well as continue to create new content. Plus, as you know, I simply love those digital hugs. But with that being said, be kind and good night. I will see you back here tomorrow for night number 30.